It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. It is good to give thanks to the Lord. It feels good to give thanks to the Lord. It lifts up one's heart. To give thanks fills us with a sense of wholeness and wholesomeness. But not only these, giving thanks is also medicinal. It heals our souls. I think specifically of the cynicism that is so common in our age, the bitterness of heart, the lack of charity toward others within. Thankfulness is a medicine against such cynicism. I think of the pervasive melancholy, the mournfulness and sorrow, sometimes even without much specific reason at all. To give thanks purges this out as leaven is purged out. To give thanks heals. So too, with anxiety, so much of our anxiety is because we don't simply stop and say, these things are in the hand of the Lord. He is trustworthy and he is good and I will give him thanks and praise for all that he has given and continues to give. And no more of this fretful, sinful worry and anxiousness. It is good to give thanks. And it feels good to give thanks. There is a parallel between love and thanksgiving. Love can present it to us as a kind of feeling or affection. And so also, thankfulness can strike us as a feeling, kind of genuine welling up of gratitude within. But love is also deeper than mere feeling, deeper than mere affection. Love can sometimes show itself forth in a choice, in a resolve, in a commitment to someone or something, even when that someone or something is in and of itself unlovable and unlovely. Love will love even still. So also, thankfulness. There's a deeper kind of thankfulness. We may not feel much gratitude. We may not feel particularly thankful. But nonetheless, we resolve and commit in our hearts to do and say the right thing, to give thanks unto the Lord for all his blessings and benefits, for he is good. Even deeper still, love is a kind of habitus. If God is love and we are his children, he writes that love into our very nature, into our very being, so that love becomes a constituent part of what it is to be a Christian, a son of God. And the same by parallel is true of thanksgiving. We recognize that God is the giver of all good gifts. And so to be the recipient of those gifts is simply in our very nature to be thankful. That's why St. Paul will write, 
that we should give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Cultivating the habitus of gratitude, of a thankful heart, is the healing of the human heart and the writing of our relationship to God who is giver. Indeed, we know this, even if only very simply. The Father is the one who makes and gives all gifts. The Son is the one who has redeemed us, who has sacrificed himself to remove from us all sins. And the Holy Spirit constantly and continually directs us to the Son and to the Father that we might receive the truest and best of their gifts to us. The Catechism helps us cultivate this habitus of thankfulness in our hearts. It teaches that when we pray in the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. We understand that God gives daily bread to all people, even to wicked people, without our prayer. But we are praying that God would lead us to realize this. To see that the food on our table is reason to give thanks, but the food on the table of our enemies, of the enemies of the people of God and of God himself, this also is reason to stand and marvel at the graciousness of God, at who he is, to give thanks for his provisions, whether they are deserved or not. In perfect keeping with the catechism and this cultivating of the habitus of thankfulness, a fourth century church father by the name of St. Basil, later called St. Basil the Great, wrote these words. I'll share them with you. I think they're beautiful. When you sit down to eat, pray. When you eat bread, do so thanking God for being so generous to you. If you drink wine, be mindful of him who has given it to you for your pleasure and as a relief in sickness. When you dress, thank him for his kindness in providing you with clothes. When you look at the sky and the beauty of the stars, throw yourself at God's feet and adore him who in his wisdom has arranged things in this way. Similarly, when the sun goes down and when it rises, when you are asleep or awake, give thanks to God who created and arranged all things for your benefit to have you know, love, and praise their creator. Now that is a fascinating thought. Everything, absolutely everything that exists, exists to direct you back to God, that for one reason or another, you may see his wisdom, his innocence, his blessedness, his goodness, and give him thanks and praise. As we cultivate a habitus, a heart of thanksgiving, we should, as St. Basil directs, cultivate a sense of awareness. The glory of the Lord fills not just the heavens, but also the earth. St. Paul reflects on this when he writes that God is not far from each and every one of us. 
For in him we live and move and have our being. Our whole lives, our lives lived in the presence of God and in the goodness of God, whether we realize it or not. Psalm 46 helps us with another aspect, not only the awareness of God's presence and goodness, but the stillness, the inner stillness of the heart and the soul that will allow ourselves to reflect on these things instead of simply constantly moving on to the next. It's no mistake how Satan has arranged the one day in which we give thanks to God to be followed by the one day we pursue and chase covetousness. Be still, the psalmist writes. Be still and know that I am God. So through the psalmist, God commands our hearts to be still, to take time to be aware. And last but not least, along with awareness and stillness, is remembrance. Psalm 103 says it so well. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives you all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Even here in this small little section of Psalm 103, we're reminded not to forget, but to remember. What things does he give? Forgiveness, healing, redemption, crowning, satisfying, and renewing. So we cultivate thankful hearts by cultivating awareness and stillness and remembrance of who God is and what he has done for us. And nowhere is this clearer than in the gift of his Son, our Savior Jesus Christ. That is why the crucifix is front and center each and every day, not only in our sanctuary, but in our lives. This is the chief blessing and benefit whereby we are reconciled to God freely by grace alone. One final reflection for you before we close and get on to further thanksgiving. Do not forget to give God thanks for the quote-unquote bad things that have happened to you. I know that that is not easily understood and much less easier to apply but it is nonetheless true. In our gospel text, what was it that led those 10 men to Jesus? What was it but their own incurable disease, their own desperation, an affliction that came upon them through presumably no fault of their own? It was that quote-unquote bad thing that led them to Jesus to cry out for healing. Heal them he did, commending them to go and show themselves to the priests, and as they went, they were healed. But what happened 
when they were healed, what happened when God gave them their heart's desire. Nine departed, never to be seen again. Only one, and him a foreigner, having received this blessing of healing, returned to the Lord Jesus, praising God with a loud voice, falling on his face before Jesus and giving him thanks. God desires more for you than you desire for yourself. God desired more for those nine other lepers than their mere physical, temporary healing. He desired that like the Samaritan, they too would return to have a resurrection of their spirits, a resurrection of their bodies to follow, a restoration of their whole being in the presence of God. They wanted too little. They wanted less than what God desired for them. God afflicts us, Moses says, as a loving father disciplining his children. We heard these words a moment ago. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, the Lord your God disciplines you. Very frequently, God's greatest blessings to us are quote-unquote bad things, sufferings, afflictions, and crosses that he will use in order to give us more than we ever desired for ourselves. Do not forget to give thanks to God for the failures, for the sufferings, for the bad things. I wish you all a very happy, a very blessed Thanksgiving. May your hearts be filled with the love of God in Christ Jesus and with that peace of his that passes all human understanding. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night to the music of the lute and the harp, to the melody of the lyre. For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands, I sing for joy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.